0: to Interfaith Talk Radio being brought to you by Dr. Pat Worldwide here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM and you can always find us streaming on our website at interfaithtalkradio.com and i might say right at the outset that we now have a new page for comments and we are inviting our listeners to visit interfaithtalkradio.com you can click on comments and tell us you know give us some feedback about the show we are really wanting to have some connection to the people who are listening you can also go to interfaithtalkradio.com forward slash comments and that will take you right to the comments page but either way it's easy to find it's easy to leave us a couple of sentences say hello It would be a nice thing. We're here on the radio with you on Mondays from 5 to 6, and we are a rabbi, a Muslim minister, and a Christian pastor engaging in in an expanding dialogue on interfaith understanding and exploring uh, the celebration of our shared spiritual quest. I am Rabbi Ted Falcon from Beit Aleph Meditative Synagogue.
1: I'm Brother Jamal Rahman from Interfaith Community Church in Seattle.
2: And I'm Pastor Don McKenzie from University Congregational United Church of Christ in Seattle. And
0: as always,
2: we invite you to be a part of our dialogue. You can
0: reach us at 425-373-5527, 425-373-5527, if you're outside the Seattle area, but in western Washington, there's a toll-free number, 888-298-5569. And for those of you who've been listening, you know that Pastor Don is back with us after some weeks recovering so
2: Welcome back! Thank you. It's yes. really good to see you here. It's good to be here in it's person. In person, that's alive right. Live in person. It was four <laughs> weeks ago today. I had my surgery. So, boy,
1: you're looking very good. Thank you. The grace of God, uh, of course. Amen. Yes,
0: absolutely. And um, Pastor Don also mentioned that 12 years ago tonight, he landed in Seattle to take the job at the church where he is now senior minister.
2: That's right. I flew from Boston. We were living in New Hampshire and I flew alone because my family had decided to stay in New Hampshire until the summer. And uh, as I was flying out, uh, when I got to the point where I thought I might be right over Hanover from Boston... There was a phone on the plane, and I called my family, and they said, where are you? And I said, I'm about seven miles right over your head. Right. <laughs> but actually, I was terrified. You know, it was one of those, what am I doing? How did I get here? And, and so forth. You were terrified in terms of coming out to Seattle? Yeah. I mean, a new job, all by myself. Right. Um, but it has turned out to be some, there have been so many blessings. I wouldn't, uh, I didn't know about that. I just had an a inner conviction. This was a very important opportunity. Out you
0: came out, obviously, as as, the, as all three of us did, to be on Interfaith Talk Radio.
2: That's right. And if I had known that on that plane flight... You wouldn't have believed no. it. <laughs> I mean, come on. I wouldn't have believed it, but uh, if I had believed it, I would have been so much happier than uh,
1: I was at the so moment. So Seattle is home to you now.
2: Yeah. And twelve also, years. Yeah. Here we are, twelve years.
1: And this is your ministry now. That. Amen. UCC plus the Interfaith Ministry. Exactly.
0: Beautiful. So since, you know... Uh, Brother Jamal and I have been talking, and since you've been away for uh, four weeks, we thought basically we'd just sit and let you talk today. Turn it over to me. (laughs) And just uh, kind of uh, get people used to your voice again and take us off the hook.
2: People can't hear
0: me laughing, but I am. We have to develop styles of laughing on the air that must be... Uh, Our engineer, Eric. Eric, is there a style of laughing on the air so that people will know we're laughing?
3: I think a hearty laugh always helps, you know. Just like everything when you're talking on the radio, projecting. So feel free to have a hearty laugh. (laughs) Now, now, Jamal's good at that. Jamal's good at it. Oh, yes, yes.
0: We were uh, were at the retreat this weekend. Uh, Jamal and I led a three-day retreat at Camp Brotherhood from last Thursday through Sunday through yesterday. And for one of the exercises, one of the nights, uh, Brother Jamal led a laughing exercise. Right,
1: like well, like laughter therapy. You know, this is uh, part of that growing movement which started in India. Uh, are you both familiar with that? Uh, it's called the the Laughter Club. Yes. Which has a I wide, wide following.
3: Yeah.
1: And the, re- the point is that you don't have to have a reason to laugh mm. since it's so good for you why didn't you just laugh anyhow and it is so infectious Once <laughs> you start laughing it catches on you not a doctor actually on.
0: in india right yeah so you have pictures of people standing out there and just sure. laughing and in, laughing in the, in
1: the open park with arms raised to the right. skies and, and head tilted back, and just laughing and laughing.
3: And isn't people it, who are good I'm sorry, I was just going to say, isn't it more fun though, if you do have a reason to laugh, maybe they should really get some hire some, very funny Indian comedians to speak at these <laughs> things, so that you know they've got a reason. The problem is that's, that works very well, like this doctor
1: discovered. he used, he used to do this with his patients. but once he ran out of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> then you figure, what shall I do? Then you realize I don't have to have a reason. Start right. from the top. Yeah, just, just, just laugh. <laughs> Same and What happens again. is, when you, in a group, you laugh together, a lot of bystanders were very skeptical. Right. You know, arms folded, but once they come close and they feel the laughter, mm. it is so infectious. Right. They cannot help but laughing. Right. So those skeptics have become the greatest advocates.
0: Right. Well, you know laughter. what happens when you're in a group and somebody starts giggling and then yes. somebody starts laughing. And the more they start laughing, some people around them start laughing and then more people are laughing
2: and finally the whole room is laughing
1: and if you only knew we should just laugh and laugh about our dramas and
2: melodramas so what you're talking about is the way laughter contributes to a kind of healing Oh yeah. and it turns out i mean i hadn't planned to talk about this but i had i had a plan that when i was convalescing i would watch marx brothers movies because i have all five of them and episodes from mash because my daughter mary had about six years of it on dvd So I watched uh, the Marx Brothers film, Duck Soup, which makes fun of war. Right. And um, all four of the Marx four of the five Marx Brothers are in it. And uh, I grew up in the 50s when Groucho Marx had a TV show called You Bet Your Life. So he's just one of my heroes. Right. Because he's so funny and he's so able, so cleverly to make fun of things that need to be made fun of. And then I realized watching M.A.S.H. that Hawkeye is Groucho. Right. He's the same character. He has the same one-liners. In fact, mm-hmm. in a couple episodes, he even dresses up like Groucho. Yeah. And I was laughing, and it hurt, <laughs> right. but it was wonderful. <laughs> and I, I really? thought of Norman Cousins' book, An yes, uh, and, really? and Anatomy of an Illness, where he yeah. talks about how important it is to laugh. And uh, I did, and here I am. Brother Don, I hope you continue with that. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. And it. as a spiritual yeah. practice, and you share it with everybody
1: else, <laughs> just laughing and laughing.
3: And they do say it is the best medicine. Of yeah, course, if you do have a wet hacking cough that you're trying to get over, maybe a little other medicine might work. Or better a different for that kind one. of laughter. <left. laughs> yeah. right. internal laughter. Right. Very good.
1: Like you were saying, um, Brother Taylor, the retreat that when we are in difficulty or we really want to connect with something beyond our ego, uh, just relax or. In a sense, shut up. (laughs) I used the word shut up. So how wonderful at that time to be able to find that opening into something Mm. higher than personality or ego. Just to be able to conjure up this laughter. Even if there's no reason because I'm stuck in these dramas and tragedies. But, you know, most of them are absurd from from a higher perspective. The melodramas. If you can just laugh and laugh.
0: Sometimes we're in places where it's very hard to laugh. Right. We were talking this weekend about levels of identity. Mm-hmm. The essential focus of the weekend was Hineni, Here I am, mm-hmm. but which I? You know, is it my individual I, my little I? Is it my bigger I, my greater self? Is it a more universal identity that I am able to connect with all of spiritual awakening comes from the inside out it's like it's not over there it's right here so one is always awakening as the center of it mm. not as the uh observer of it and the more inclusive our experience becomes the gap between the observer and that which is observed starts closing until there no longer is uh The observer, the act of observing, observing and that which is observed. Mm -hmm. So we move from a subject-object relation to a subject-subject relation to a subject Mm -hmm. relation. It's a practice then. There are many practices, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit as we go on with uh, the program today. This is Interfaith Talk Radio with a rabbi, a Muslim minister, a Christian pastor, and we will be back with you. Uh, Please give our sponsors uh, some attention. They are allowing us to share with you on the air. We'll be right back.
2: I don't know what's wrong with me.
4: I just can't seem to get over this. Change results in loss. With death in the family, divorce, or major illness, there's going to be grief when you're feeling overwhelmed or like you just can't get through it alone you can heal through grief counseling you can call sibyl Lundy at whole life counseling for nearly 10 years whole life counseling has been a safe place to come to peace with life changes call 206-683-1561 or see my website at wholelifedesigns.com can
5: changing what you think really change your life Tune in to the Dr. Pat Show to learn how intentional living and the power of affirmations can change your life. Kristen Marie Sherline, founder of Affirmagy, will share her story, her company, and advice on how to live intentionally and design a life you love. More information about Affirmagy, log on to Affirmagy.com. That's Affirmagy.com.
4: of worrying about money are you ready to let go of your money baggage Karen Ramsey with over 22 years of financial expertise is offering a money makeover challenge to one of the Dr. Pat Show's loyal listeners to enter the challenge send an email to caring at caringmoney.com and in 50 words or less Tell us why you should be selected for this amazing money makeover. Karen will help you realistically look at your bottom line, set up a spending plan and savings plan, win a money makeover with Karen Ramsey. To enter, send an email to caring at caringmoney.com by March 20th and one of Dr. Pat's loyal listeners will be announced on our March 22nd show. You have nothing to lose but your financial worry. Listen to The Dr. Pat Show weekdays at 11 or go to the website www.thedrpatshow.com for more details
6: is the ancient spiritual teachings of the people of Hawaii. Huna says, Think not that all wisdom is in your school. It's important to remember that no matter who you are or where you come from, there's always more to learn. Call 800-800-MIND or go to Huna.com to learn about the March 10th through 18th Huna event in Kona, Hawaii. Mention the Dr. Pat show when you call the Huna workshop and the Empowerment Partnership. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that.
5: Bringing you fresh perspectives every day. Alternative Talk, eleven fifty a.m.
0: And welcome back. This is Interfaith Talk Radio. Um, a conversation with a rabbi, a Muslim minister, a Christian pastor, exploring frontiers of interfaith spirituality and inviting you whenever you decide to enter into the dialogue with us. Our phone number again here at 1150 AM KKNW is 425-373-5527. You can find us on our website interfaithtalkradio.com where you can also leave us a comment letting us know you listen to the show letting us know things you might like us to talk about more or things you'd like us to talk about less.
1: And there's a most recent insertion, the comments. The comments section.
0: page, I right. See. So people can go to interfaithtalkradio.com forward slash comments uh-huh. or just go interfaithtalkradio.com Great. and there's a button uh, for comments. People can Now people are able to podcast, to receive podcasts. People can... Find archives of the show to hear what happened before. If you can't hear the show live, people can hear it worldwide.
1: So we, we, we better have something interesting to say.
0: I, I would hope so, or at least make it sound interesting, <laughs> which I think is part of our training, isn't right, it? It is. If you don't have anything really to say, you pound the pulpit a little harder and uh, talk a little louder. Right. Or total silence. <laughs> Time for meditation. Now, they've already told us that on the radio, if we have seven seconds of silence, oh, an orange great. light goes off. And if it extends more than seven seconds, the main engineer at all the down in the some room where th- this whole thing happens um, replaces <laughs> us with something else. <laughs> 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 okay. Maybe he was listening. At any rate, uh, Pastor Don was talking about uh, watching the M.A.S.H. series.
2: Well, we were on the topic of healing and laughter and so forth. And, and um, Jamal used the word absurd um, with regard to the melodramas and dramas of life and so forth. And, I, and one, the, the, the episode that, that I enjoyed the most was an episode where Sidney Friedman, Friedman, who is a psychiatrist, Jewish a major in the army comes in and out of the series a very thoughtful person person clearly beset by some pathos they're playing cards and he excuses himself and he says um... Uh, excuse me i have a letter to write and he goes off in the corner and you hear Sidney friedman thinking dear sigmund namely sigmund freud of course i'm here at a spa called mash and he said the the inmates have an odd response to carnage or suffering Insanity in the service of health. Right, (laughs) that's a great line. And I thought, I mean, I, I, you know, I when I saw it, I thought, what it points to is the question: How do we hold blessings and curses simultaneously? Right. And in some ways, that's what I was thinking when you were talking about the importance of laughter because it externalizes the the anxiety and the fears that we have. Crying does the same thing in some Mm -hmm. ways. It gets out what's inside, but um, but it's such an important question, and it's a question that is so easily ignored in this culture. Yeah. Because we live such a life of privilege, we can we can kind of cruise along thinking, you know, life is good, but, you know, we're okay, and so forth.
1: But you're know, talking about absurdity, Brother Don, at a, shall I say, a higher level or mystical level in Islamic spirituality, it is said that, you know, here we are. So scared that we shall pass on to non-existence. We shall die. Great fear. And the mystics say, if we only knew the truth, that non-existence is actually trembling in fear, it might be given human shape. <laughs> That's the absurdity. <laughs> if right. only we knew.
0: <laughs> That's great. I was, th- I was also listening to the... The notion of holding blessings and curses at the same time. Um, Two things occur to me. One is when we were talking about levels of identity, at the lowest level, we become totally identified with... What's going on in our lives? Mm-hmm. The conditions. Uh-huh. We're lost in the conditions, and where it usually becomes a problem is we're lost in the curses. We're lost in right. the pain. We're lost in the crisis. We're lost in the difficulty. We're lost in the fear. When we're lost in the fun, we rarely call it lost, but we're lost in the fear, and that's all that's going on. It's we can't see anything else, and then. There's a possibility, and, and as Brother Jamal mentioned, one of the ways is simply through relaxation, through mm-hmm. stopping, mm-hmm. through being quiet for a few minutes, you know. So, getting out of our complaining, mm-hmm. getting out of our total focus on that, or focus from that, and just by relaxing, something happens where we are able to start looking at the issue looking at the difficulties not that we don't have it anymore it's not that the pains not there but rather than the migraine having us
2: we have the migraine and there's something more going on you know i think that is actually now that i think about it the genius of groucho Marx, especially i mean of all the Marx brothers i think he was the the key and it was the ability to laugh at the things that would otherwise grip us so Hard. Right. Some of the icons like war. One one film, Horse Feathers, is about um, football in, in, in higher education. I mean, it's a stunning, funny film. Yeah. It's not funny in the sense that we would laugh at a comedian today, but in the in the way that it takes um, it, it points out some of the absurdities of ordinary life with courage. Right, and of course, Groucho's way of being—not just the things that he said, but the way he walks and the way he flips his cigar and moves his eyebrows up and down—it's all a piece of that. Uh, look, folks, you know we have to hold our blessings and curses simultaneously.
0: Right, mm-hmm. and that ultimately is a level even above the level of ego, because ego can't do that. Right. Yeah. But there's a level at the heart space where one can be aware that things go up and down. We win some, we lose some. There is pain and there is joy in this life. And rather than just mourn the pain and uh, embrace the joy, it's possible to embrace the whole package. And through that acceptance and through that kind of compassionate holding of one's life, something different happens.
1: Right. And that is the power of opening the heart. Right. I mean, like we discussed in the retreat, there's so many different ways to open the heart through silence, through purification, but the most important one and the most powerful one is to really embrace, as it is said, one's uh, 10,000 joys of life as also one 10,000 sorrows of life. Right. And that can really open up the heart. And it's not that you run towards pain and sorrow,
2: just don't run away from it. Exactly. So, when, when you guys were doing the retreat up at Camp Brotherhood, I was with Marcus Borg, so I missed all that. And, and I I think you said there, you were talking about levels. Of course, by the same token, we missed Marcus Borg. Well, yeah, exactly. We'll have to make our reports to each other. But you're talking about levels of being, right? I mean, um, the heart level, you said. What are the others? That- well,
0: we were just talking mainly about the level where one gets caught in the world. Yeah. And it's, in a way, I'm not even an ego. Uh, ego is a place where there are some choices where there's a i have this i have that i want this i want that i don't want this i don't want that the place the place we get most stuck we, we don't there's nobody home except that issue our world narrows down so much through pain through anguish through grief through loss through fear through panic through anxiety and then Talking about the ego state. Not as negative. Ego has limitations. But Mm -hmm. ego has a function that no other part can fulfill. Mm -hmm. Namely, to connect the material and the spiritual worlds. Mm -hmm. The ego runs the body. Right. So if you want the body to to act out principles of compassion and love and caring in the world, you need it. Um, The higher self is not going to
2: drive on a freeway. So, in some ways, would you say that, um, again, I'm a little bit obsessed with the MASH series because it shows how absurd and awful a, a war or a world that's engaged in war is, which is not new to us these days either, of course. But the response to that, I mean, this is a medical unit in Korea during the Korean conflict, and um their response to that as Sidney Friedman points out is is insanity in other words it's to in a in a uh, almost an imitation of the marx brothers to make fun of things to the point where it does begin possible to move from how did you describe that lowest level where we're just we're trapped by the circumstances totally yeah, You're so, defined by them. So somehow, the, the, the way that each of uh, those episodes was written, we rise out of that to right. some other level.
0: And it's but don't we all do that? I mean, n- not only medical doctors, but I'm thinking even, about, even of ministers and rabbis yeah. who, like sometimes things get really rough. And we're faced with a lot of loss and a lot of sickness and a lot of uh, drama. And if you listen to conversations that the ministers and the rabbis and the imams might have with each other, Mm -hmm. other regular people would be appalled. Right. Just as the patients of the mash unit, Mm -hmm. you know, because when the when the physicians are working with the patients, they're totally present. Right. Just as you're totally present when you're working with a parishioner who is in need, but you need some relief. Right. And when we are talking among ourselves, mm-hmm. and I think it happens in pretty much every profession. Mm-hmm. But it does need that
1: idea and the energy of higher awareness. Otherwise, one will, be, one will remain stuck at the lower levels. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, uh, you know, in the Islamic spirituality, as both of you know, the energy of compassion is so critical. So if you have compassion, then it enables you to really have a higher vision. It gives that buffer of relaxation, right? that openness, that spaciousness. In
0: a way, compassion is relaxation of the heart. Yes, yes. And that's, so, that's the
1: ultimate relaxation.
0: Yeah, so it's relaxation of the body allows us to move so far, and then it's a relaxation of the heart. So the heart opens and is able to embrace. And able to have a, that higher vision. A, what was called a deeper understanding,
1: right. and eventually, as you go higher and higher, that's why we, we don't, in all these mystical traditions, you really begin to open up the eyes of the heart. You move from knowledge of the tongue to knowledge of the heart by the heart opening. But really, in in Buddhist terms, a higher, grander right. awareness. And, and
0: the eyes of the heart functions two ways: the eyes that see, as well as the eye of identity. Right. The identity, the heart level yes. identity. Which
1: is, we had the wonderful quotation we said that Prophet Muhammad said, uh, we don't see things as they are, we see things as we are.
0: Always. So the world will reflect to us the state of our own consciousness. Right. So you are listening to Interfaith Talk Radio. We're discussing levels of identity. We're discussing humor. We're discussing Marks Brothers and MASH. Welcoming Pastor Don back on the show after his absence, celebrating his recovery. And we are going to break for some sponsor messages, and we will be right back with you.
6: The United Church of Christ campaign. A national effort to let everyone know that this denomination welcomes everyone, no matter what, to the worship of God and the service of the church. We believe that God has much, much more to tell us about the good news of the gospel of Jesus and about what love can do to help us with this beautiful but troubled world. To find out more, log on to www.ucc.org index.php. We wish you blessings for
5: your life. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host, Dr. Dr. Pat Vasily is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R patshow.com For listening times in your area. This is Dr. Scott Lynch of Crown Hill Chiropractic with your
4: Maximized Living Tip of the Week. When starting a new wellness nutrition program, add two new healthy food choices per week to your diet for one month, then begin to moderate or eliminate unhealthy food choices. Always create healthy habits first. To learn more about maximizing your life, visit us at crownhillchiropractic.com or call 206-782-8800 is the ancient spiritual teachings of the people of Hawaii. Most people who study Huna want to know more about themselves and the world around them. If you are interested in a more spiritual view of the world and want to discover a whole new universe around you, then Huna is for you. Call 800-800-MIND or go to Huna.com to learn about the March 10th through 18th Huna event in Kona, Hawaii. Mention the Dr. Patcho when you call. The Empowerment Partnership. Whatever you think you are, You're more than that.
5: Listen live at 1150kknw.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And
0: welcome back. This is Interfaith Talk Radio. We're with you every Monday from 5 to 6 here on KKNW, 1150 AM. And we are streaming worldwide uh, at internet at on the internet at interfaithtalkradio.com. We are a rabbi, a Muslim minister, a Christian pastor. I am Rabbi Ted Falcon. I'm Brother Jamal Rahman. And I'm Pastor Don McKenzie. And we are talking today about levels of identity. We're talking about the use of humor. And we're talking about blessings and curses. I'm, I'm given the opportunity... Uh, by a sponsor, Stark Bulkheads, to say a few words about programs coming up in my community. It happens that this Saturday night and Sunday is a Jewish holiday called Purim, which Mm -hmm. in fact is the holiday that brings together blessing and curse, you know, all at once. So this Friday night at our meditative Shabbat service, at 7.30, held at the Sanctuary of Unity of Bellevue, we will be talking and celebrating that kind of inclusivity, a very different way of looking at our lives. People can find out more about that by going to jewishspiritualcommunity.com and everybody is welcome. Um, The other thing I want to mention is that this May... I'm going to be leading a trip to Prague and Poland from May 16th to May 27th. Uh, And for those who would like to find out more about that, check out spiritualcommunity.org. Spiritualcommunity.org takes you to Lev Shalom, which is a group supporting interfaith and faith retreats and workshops of which I'm a, the spiritual director. So thank you to Stark Bulkheads for letting me to make those statements. And
1: yeah, that was the same organization that sponsored uh, our retreat this, this weekend,
0: Lev Shalom. Lev Shalom did, yes. Okay. Yeah, Lev Shalom did the uh, interfaith trip to Israel that we did last year, yes. and we're going to be doing another one of those uh, in October of this year. So, yeah, it's the so organization. So, Shalom is very active. It is. Correct. Right. The director of Lev Shalom, Jana Muscatel, keeps very busy. So do you. <laughs> I, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, meanwhile, Pastor Don, you've been out for four weeks recovering. Right. It's given you an opportunity to catch up on your reading. It's interesting that... We have an opportunity to do that when we are recovering, recuperating that which we can't, don't have time for in our regular lives. And also movies. And movies. (laughs) And you just had Marcus Borg uh, at your
2: church. Do you want to identify who Marcus Borg is? Uh, Marcus is the, um, he teaches... uh, Religion and Culture at Oregon State University in Corvallis, Oregon. He's the best-selling author of a book called *Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time*, published in 1994. Um, he was a part of something called the Jesus Seminar, which was a group of Jesus scholars that were. This group was meeting. Um, and they may still meet. Marcus does not meet with them anymore. Um, He and another man named John Dominic Crossan have been probably the best known uh, among those people. Uh, Marcus's work has taken him from simply being a Jesus scholar, I think, to thinking about what that work might mean for the future of the practice of ministry, in particular Christian ministry, of course. But he does very much support the ideas of pluralism and, and the need for interfaith cooperation, collaboration, compassion, and so forth and he had been uh our uh, speaker at our church family camp over on the hood canal back in 1995 just as his fame was ascending and so uh, we got to know him and uh, he became a part of our in a sense part of our church family and we became um it was sort of a mutual affection and we've kept in touch and um uh, one group in our church called the Jesus Study Group has been meeting now monthly for ten years, and they sponsored, or uh, yeah, they sponsored a, a return engagement by Marcus Borg, and uh, he was here Friday night, uh, gave a lecture about six hundred people in the sanctuary, and then Saturday morning and afternoon, uh, four hundred people or so, and then he preached yesterday, and um, it was just magnificent. Mm. Um, his he has. Um, uh, a kind of a paradigm, you might say, that describes the earlier church with what he calls the emerging church, and among the things that he would characterize as important to the emerging church would be uh, an interfaith sensibil- sensibility. An uh, emerging church is happening now. Yes. Uh huh. Um. Uh. uh, uh uh, an ability to be, um, instead of conventional, it would be to be intentional. Hmm. Uh, in other words, we don't just go to church. We have a deep passion for the things that God cares about and, and so forth.
1: And, and this includes other religions, you're saying?
2: No, I mean, his, his he's specifically Christian, oh. but he's interested in conversations, I would say, with other uh-huh. faiths and so forth, and finding ways to be cooperative. Uh,
1: which uh, I, w- I would assume would mean that one would...
2: Have an appreciative understanding of other religions, also. Right, exactly. Yeah, um, and he has. He and I would say Marcus Borg, Karen Armstrong, Houston Smith, Harvey Cox, um, others whose names escape me at the moment would be um, uh, uh, John Shelby Spong. Mm-hmm. Not that they would all agree with each other, <clears throat> but would be uh, a handful of people who would be helping the rest of us to see the way ahead in terms of what. Uh, at least in terms of the Christian church what the practice of ministry might look like and how we can be freed from some of the traditional things to be open to the new and respond to um, the needs that the church uh, that the world brings to uh, the church.
0: It's always the,
2: mm.
0: like at some point many of us discover how closed we had been. Mm. We discover how asleep we'd been how not awake we'd been and there's always the issue of when we're asleep, we don't know we're asleep. When we're not awake to a greater fullness or a greater wholeness, both in ourselves and in each other and in the world, we don't know that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so sometimes communication mm-hmm. is very difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, in the Islamic mysticism, they have a saying that
1: copper doesn't know it's copper. Until it get, until it gets transformed into gold, right?
0: Then it knows it was copper. Then it knows what it was. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I don't know. I was asleep until I wake up, right. and then I go, "Oh yeah, I was asleep." For doomed to slumber, so you might awaken. Right. So That's I assume means. I'm always asleep. <laughs> you know, and I, and that gives reminds me, <laughs> okay. okay, I might wake up. Uh-huh. Right. So there's hope. There is hope. Yes.
2: <laughs> Certainly, one of the, um, it, for me the. Marcus's coming to us was the the point where I was to return to work, in effect. And I did that Friday night with some trepidation, but um, I managed to pass through it. And, of course, his uh, talk lifted me, and mm-hmm. seeing people lifted me, and now seeing you all lifts me and so forth. So I, it's almost as if the past month didn't happen in one way. It's an odd, yeah. uh, ironic experience. But um, But the other thing is that During that four-week period, and my surgery was four weeks ago today, um, I had the opportunity, the space, to have a kind of Sabbath, uh, a kind of opportunity to have space, the spaciousness uh, that is Sabbath, to think, to pray, to just to be instead of to do. And I found that difficult, actually, the being part. I, I, I wanted to to find that sense of moving forward that you get from doing things right one day last week i was toward the end of my convalescence i cleaned out a couple drawers and my wife said "Ah, time to go back to work (laughs) (laughs) and it was true i mean you know it wasn't that i had run out of things to do but i wanted i just wanted to have that sense of movement i wanted to be thinking feeling that i was moving forward namely healing and getting stronger and so forth and and i needed that sort of tactile sense or visual sense that something had happened and and that's not necessarily good i mean it's a good thing to confess it but i would like to get to a point someday where i could simply be and feel that was a sense of moving forward because it is yeah and it's also
0: it's like all or nothing you know like if your task for the day was to clean out that drawer, mm. and then anything you else you did was a bonus, you know, you didn't have to do anything else, and there would be time during the day to attend to your own care, spiritual care, mm. health care, relationship care, uh, environmental care, mm. you know, to do the things that we don't get to do when... Yes. Actually, you know, today we've got to clean out 50 drawers and there's no way to get through 50 drawers. And tomorrow there'll be another 50 drawers and the next day another 50 drawers. And we go on and on and on without any sense. uh, Except for taking those Shabbat moments, the Sabbath moments of feeling like we're done. But then we're just into it again without a greater sense of balance.
2: yeah, And that being into it, I'm from what you're saying is that's an experience of that level of being down there where we're we're in something we need to get out of right i mean that yes yeah. uh, that that ident- that place where we identify ourselves is imprisoned we want to get out of that we want to be lifted above it something like that
0: yeah the experience of l- being in overwhelm exactly yeah.
1: and also realizing that uh, silence. You know we, we, we misconstrue it as being totally passive right whereas there is so much of activeness in that as the as we talked in the, in the retreat that silence is not the absence of sound it's the absence of the little self wow. and that's a great accomplishment yeah. mm-hmm. and that's a real doing but by being silent truly silent that's when you really get refreshed renewed and respirited and it's filled with silent activity Right, it's becoming receptive Right
0: Rather than passive Yes and there's in, in its truest sense, that's re-election Yeah We are here with you On Interfaith Talk Radio Discussing issues of spirit Issues of healing Issues of identity And in a moment We're going to take a break For issues of sponsorship I'd like to remind you that We are available for more sponsors uh, as we continue our journey on this program. So please feel free to contact us at interfaithtalkradio.com and find out about being a sponsor. In the meantime, listen to those who are helping us now. We'll be right back.
5: University Congregational United Church of Christ, located at 4515 16th Avenue Northeast, right across from the Burke Museum, wants you to know that it is a liberal and inclusive congregation waiting to welcome you to worship, education, fellowship, and service. We need your help to say yes to God's purposes. For more information, log on to universityucc.org. That's universityucc.org. Or call 206-524-2322. That's 206-524-23-
6: Adults can share creative, fun, meaningful, and long-lasting experiences with their children who will learn about themselves with messages of loving self-image and emotional reinforcement. Love your children by giving your whole family the gift of inspired conversation with Seeds of Discovery books by Carla Miller. Seeds of Discovery books can be found at the Center for Spiritual Living, Island Books, Seattle Unity Church Bookstore or by going to seedsofdiscovery.com or calling 888-426-1632. That's 888-426-1632.
4: Are you yearning to live a more fully expressed and joyful life? Do you want to explore and discover what ignites your heart? Heart Ignited is a potent coaching process created by Deborah Tracci, a life and transition coaching pioneer. Tune into the Dr. Pat Show to learn more about this unique process. Go to heartignited.com or call 206-236-6100 to learn more. That's heartignited.com or 206-236-6100. Releasing the past and stepping fully into the present is now easier than imagined. Hi, I'm Sue Neufeld-Ellis of QuantumHealing.us Dr. Pat and I will be teaming up to give you many powerful ways to open the door to an extraordinary life. Tune in and discover how starting February 15th. For more information and to receive 25 tips to reduce your stress, visit QuantumHealing.us
5: Radio with no added hormones or preservatives. All natural. Alternative Talk.
0: 1150 a.m. And welcome back. This is Interfaith Talk Radio. Produced in association with NICO. Northwest Interfaith Community Outreach. Um, which the three of us uh, participated in founding some years ago. It was called Unity Project Seattle. And is now called Northwest Interfaith Community Outreach. And they're very active. All interfaith
1: programs, the major ones, is really sponsored by NICO.
0: And we are here with you, a rabbi, a Christian pastor, a Muslim minister, sharing, continuing and expanding dialogue on interfaith spirituality. You can also find out more about us at our website, interfaithtalkradio.com, where we are inviting you to leave us comments. Like, tell us you're listening. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Interfaithtalkradio.com. Click on comments or go to interfaithtalkradio.com forward slash comments. And you don't even need to click. You can enter into the dialogue online so here we are
1: yes you know uh, i was going to ask brother don about marcus borg just uh, just insight did he have any insights about interfaith or pluralism that splashed in your chest
2: uh, you No, know, I, mean, I think the he was uh, setting up a kind of way of understanding experience that that needed he said to include that the um an awareness of the need for cooperation compassion mm-hmm. and so forth and the idea that you know for me the christian path is the path I'm, I, I want and it's the one i'm on but it but it's not the only one and uh... for him as a christian it's exactly the same thing i mean i think that's probably one of the doors that was open to me some time ago by him thinking um... Uh, we all have different paths. Part of our job here is to give light to different spiritual paths, some that we're really not familiar with at all, and and um, need to be um, on the table and so forth. Um, and so, his way of thinking is one that embraces the need for interfaith dialogue, for interfaith cooperation, especially with regard to the consequences of spiritual awareness, namely the uh, social and political consequences right. that. That need so desperately need cooperative efforts and so forth. I think there are those from each tradition
0: who are awakening to a more spiritual reality and understanding a deeper level of teaching that comes from their ver- from their own tradition. Right. So that what what Marcus is doing is sharing a deeper teaching from Jesus exactly than many than he had understood before and that many understood before. What I hope. That we are doing uh, in our traditions is not inventing anything. It's like looking at the deeper levels and saying, okay, yes, there are rules. Yes, there are traditions. Yes, there are rituals. But there's something deeper mm-hmm. that the institution, that the practices are there for. And that is a more universal recognition and a more universal Awakening, and I
1: think uh, even beyond just recognizing, which is critical the first step, we have to live it, yeah, we have to really practice it, which is why I was interested in the word you use, that intention mm-hmm. so if religious leaders uh, really had that intention to tap into and get in touch with what is essentially in everybody 's own faith and tradition and live it, which really would mean starting off with. Uh, me having an appreciative understanding of other traditions right, and really allowing that to inform my own tradition uh, for me to understand my own Quran in a more deeper way or the Torah or the Bible by being open to the beauty and wisdom of other traditions.
0: And it, it's yeah. very difficult for some folks. I wrote a piece recently for the Jewish press talking about the importance of interfaith dialogue and how when we engage when i when i engage in a deeper understanding of muslim tradition or of christian tradition or of hindu tradition or buddhist tradition there's something that helps me connect mm-hmm. more deeply to my own tradition absolutely and i wrote about that and one of the the i guess the next issue of that newspaper the one letter that they printed was somebody saying they couldn't imagine what there was in christianity that had any benefit or certainly what there was in islam and it's like wow i mean i looked at that and i it wasn't even like it was a personal attack because it was such a different looking at the world from such a different place so separate so defended so we've got it and you don't Mm And part of our struggle is to find ways of engaging in a dialogue, even with those who don't yet know. Mm-hmm they don't know the wonder of their own tradition.
1: I would say especially with those uh, yeah. as, as, as time goes on. And yeah. it, it is so critical. I hope this won't discourage you, Brother Ted. Of course, I know it won't. But I'm just leading on to my other point, which we discussed at the retreat, that it's just a law of the created world, the world of duality. Yeah. No matter how noble one's words or how pure one's actions, some will praise and some will blame. Uh, so they will be... Uh, readers like that and the point is not to as you well know and as you well practice not to reject them but to really to include them in the dialogue in any fashion
0: we can and to appreciate that on yeah. some level it's a it is a statement that i might find ways of communicating which would be less
2: threatening you know like how can i say what i want to say m- more clearly right uh, that's that's a big challenge i think for all of us and I, as you were talking about that i was thinking in one way i don't blame anybody who's jewish for wondering why on earth would there be anything about the christian faith that would be helpful to me given the history of the relationship between judaism and christianity and also well i mean if you look at the history of interaction among all three faiths there was a time in spain as i understand it when there was a lot of dialogue and if you know i think people understood some of the depths of those three faiths better than we have recently when Marcus uses words like conventional and intentional, he's contrasting the Christian Church, especially the Protestant Church of the 1950s, when many more people uh, went to church, went to worship, were members of churches, and so forth. But but were not so interested, or they were kind of what you were describing, Ted, about not being awake. You know, Man. we 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 were numb, we were asleep. It was so wonderful not to be fighting a war. Uh, The 50s were a funny time to be alive, but Um, the contrast between just doing it because that's what we do, that is being a person of faith or going to worship. And today, when people come to church, at least to my community, and I know they do to yours, they come because they intend to be transformed by that experience. And that's very encouraging, but it's also daunting to us, those of us who are trying to be uh, religious leaders, to provide uh, the kinds of experiences that help with those kinds of transformations, those healings, and so forth.
1: One really does eventually get it, I feel, a a cry, a yearning for something more. Like you know, if I may quote Rumi, you know, you all come to the point where, like Rumi exclaims and he says, uh, there is a kiss we want all our lives, a touch of spirit on the body. Mm. There comes a time when eventually, through some force of circumstances, it's almost like it's encoded within us to be more spacious, more inclusive. Of course, depending on our background or circumstances, but there is a natural uh, encoded. Yearning for inclusiveness and for spaciousness.
3: yeah,
0: it's like one would say that love is inc- encoded in us, yes, so compassion. that we recognize it when <clears throat> it's presented to us or when it awakens within us, and the same with compassion. And the same with clarity mm-hmm. and' the same with a certain kind of universality. Um, they're saying that they that spirituality is somehow in the physio- physiological structures of mm-hmm. the human brain. Well, why not? I mean, it is a part of what, it's our birthright. It's basically who we are. Mm -hmm. It's part
1: of the mystery. I mean, one simply has to go to a a funeral or to a graveyard to realize it's all a mystery. Right. Uh, You know, we're immersed in mystery within and without, but sometimes you lose uh, sight of that, which is why one one of the major practices in all tradition is to visit graveyards and heighten one's awareness. Right.
0: Yeah, and as we draw near to the conclusion of this show I was just thinking that often at the end of our shows we talk about a spiritual practice and it seems to me that one of the spiritual practices that is universal in our traditions is a practice of silence um, uh, just encouraging encouraging people to trust their own process enough To take a few moments, at least in the day, and invite a silence that allows them to discover, allows all of us to discover deeper levels of our being. I think that's what we're about. Mm -hmm. This is Interfaith Talk Radio.